Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. This is episode number 17. You're listening to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, founder of the 1K Mom Tribe. This is a movement of women who are building a business and raising a family and doing both well. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. We've got Andrea Delusha here today with us. Andrea, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Katie? Doing good. Well, tell our audience just a little bit about you, the business, the family life, all the in-betweens. Oh, boy. Do you have a couple of hours? (laughs) (laughs) For real. Um, Well, my name is Andrea Delusha, and I reside right outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I'm a wife of 15 years, a mom of four amazing kids. Um, I have a son. He's my oldest. He will be 15, and we are well into the throes of the teenage years at this point. Um, And I have a daughter who is almost 12 and another daughter who is almost 11 and then a six-year-old. Wow. We are busy. Um, My kids are very active. They play multiple sports and do after-school programs. I am pretty active in my own community. And it's just, you know, we're just that crazy clan that's always that people are like, how many kids do you have this week? 20? (laughs) (laughs) Always doing something. Always doing something. Um, And a little bit about me on a professional level is that I have owned my own wedding planning business. It's been planning and design. We do high-end planning and design for pretty big clients um, in the Boston and beyond. Um, I have been doing that for over 15 years. Um, I really loved planning when I first kind of fell into it. I was a makeup artist for around six years, and then I became a mom. And I realized that although being a mom was amazing and I got to experience so many things, I also kind of lost myself in the process and I just wanted something for my own. So owning a business was never on my radar. I never thought about being an entrepreneur. Um, I just thought I would be a mom. That's all I ever wanted to be. Anyone in high school would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? It wasn't that I wanted to go to college or that I wanted some big career. I really just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and raise my family. So question about that. When you kind of like realized that you wanted to like do your own thing, did you have a bunch of guilt surrounding that? Oh, yes. I had a lot. I still have a lot of guilt. Actually, yeah. I still fight the guilt game all the time. The guilt and shame kind of evil twins, as I call them. Um, Yeah, for sure. You know, I knew I was a good mom and it came pretty naturally, which I didn't expect it to come like that because I came from a divorced family. It was a very severed family life. Um, My parents both remarried. Um, I did have two half brothers, but I was well into like my almost teenage years before they were even born. So I was an only child between my mom and my dad. And it was a really, really tough childhood for me. I actually lived on my own when I was 17 years old. I emancipated myself with the court um, when I was 13. And what that means is they actually qualified me as considered as an adult and I could place myself where I wanted to live. So it was difficult. And then when I became a wife and mom, 
because I didn't really have that structure and that foundational piece, I really didn't think I was going to be good at it. I just didn't know. But then once I had my son, it was just totally different. Like it just naturally became just something that I had, you know, I just became really good at it and I loved being a mom. And so where the guilt basically came was because I was now taking time away from being that mom and perfecting and we can go back to that later, but there is no such thing as perfection in motherhood. And I totally learned that. But in the beginning, it was so important for me to perfect it as if it was like some novelty that I had to kind of conquer. And I just was riddled with guilt at first because I'm like, my God, I'm going to take time away from my son and my daughter to run a business. And what if they need me or what if I have a meeting and I can't be at the soccer game or whatever. So I, I did definitely um, struggle with a little bit of guilt for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, I mean, we just want to be mom. And I was the same way where I knew from an early age that I wanted to be a mom and thought stay at home mom was the way to go. Cause my mom did it so well. And, you know, I fought for a while, like almost like I um, was aspiring to be a stay at home mom, but I absolutely didn't really want to be like, I don't know. Is there's just like this new hybrid of moms who are being fully mom, but also fully being a business owner. And I think our kids need to, and like to see mom going after something. I mean, I don't know if you can speak to your daughters, but the fact that they can watch mom going after her dreams is huge. Absolutely. Especially now that they're a little bit older and I can get feedback from them. You know, when they were younger and I had my wedding and I had my first, my makeup business and that which evolved to the wedding business. I still think they were proud on some level. I was in magazines. I was published four times nationally. So I remember one day my daughter running home being like, mom, my teacher was like, she saw you in a magazine or in the newspaper or whatever like that. And that feels amazing because not only are you rocking the mother hustle type of thing, but you're also, you know, you're doing your thing and you, and you have that something for yourself and your kids can aspire to know that there are no limitations. I'm not saying life is perfect and we can have everything we dream of because we just can't. But I want to teach my kids that there's no limitation, that you can try things, that you can be a parent, but you can still have a career as long as that you find some sort of equal place. And I don't believe in balance and I never preach balance because there's no such thing. I'm a mom of four. My days are super hectic. Some days I'm all business. And then by three o'clock I'm all mom and it's kind of just works. And then there's some days I'm business and mom and the day is all messed up between, you know, running to school to drop off this, that, making a lunch or forgetting a pay a bill or, you know what I mean? It's just like, we're always pulled in so many different directions. So I don't think there's really balance. I just think we we handle what's in front of us and we do the best we can. Mm-hmm. And that was more important for me to show my children. Like I'm not perfect at business and I'm not perfect as a mom, but what I'm trying to do is show you that you don't have to let go of your dreams in order to just do one thing. Yeah. That has been my biggest lesson through all of my entrepreneurship and being a mom. I love it. So I, kind of just um, love asking about the husbands behind the women that are building these businesses. I mean, my husband is a huge supporter. He works crazy schedules and he's actually out there playing with my uh, youngest right now while my oldest is at school. But so we are totally a team. I like to call it a power couple. Um, Are you guys similar or what do you do to make it all work? Yeah. So, I mean, 
I'm extremely blessed and I'm so happy to hear that you aren't because I can't, and you are, because I can't tell you how many times that I have talked with other entrepreneurs that are female who don't feel that type of support. And it is very limiting when you don't have support from your spousal or you don't have spousal support or you don't have partnership support. And it could be from a friend or a parent or whatever it is. And I'm extremely blessed. And my husband works also crazy hours. I'm a single mom a lot of the time. And what I mean by that is my husband will work 60, 70 hours a week. Sometimes he's leaving at four in the morning and coming home at eight o'clock at night. We definitely play the juggling act with each other. Um, it's not fun all the time and it's not sexy and that's for damn sure, but it works. And I, and I think what people have to understand is that just like anything, when you have a support system, you can give your highest when you're depleted because you're running yourself ragged and trying to be all things for everybody. And no one sees that no one's holding you up. That can be really taxing on your life and in your health and as a mom. And when my husband knew, you know, let's be honest, being an entrepreneur is kind of like having a wandering eye. You know, we see something, we're like, oh, I have an idea for this and we're going to play a little with this. You know, then we're going to play a little with that. My husband has had to wait around a lot for me to figure out like, okay, how long is this going to be? Like, are you going to last with this? Are you going to go on to something new? And it took a lot of conversation for us to get to the place where he's like, I'm just going to support whatever you're doing, because I know that's what you need to do to continue on and evolve. So I think there's a way of asking for support and help. And I've taught this a lot in my workshops. There's conversations and things that you can say to a spouse or a partner that can make them more aware of what you need. Sometimes women take the responsibility on themselves and they don't advocate what they need. They pretend like it's all good and all fine and then break down in their marriage or break down what the kids happen and they're like, and then they're, you know, not progressing in their business. And, and it's just a vicious cycle. So to go back to your question, I have a very supportive husband, but it's taking us some time to get there. He's mm -hmm. always supported my goals and my, my passions. But when something is not monetizing quickly enough, sometimes spouses have a hard time understanding what are you, why are you taking time from the family when I'm working and you're just, you know, building something that's not monetizing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you felt like that. Um, oh yeah, they're all about that money. <laughs> all about the money. Money talks, right? Money talks, ideas walk. That's what I say in my house. The money talks, ideas walk. One of the things I hated when my husband used to say to me, this was early on, how much, like I'd say, oh, I booked a client. Well, how much are you getting? I'm like, never ask me that question. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the fact is, I booked a client. I could be getting a penny or I could be making a million dollars. Don't ask me how much. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so... I think just opening up the communication, like just, you know, if money does matter, sit down and saying, how much do I need to contribute to this family on a monthly basis or a weekly basis, however your family works, that will allow you to support me in this space while I'm growing, but also show you that I'm serious and I'm committed and I'm contributing. So yeah. I think there's a lot of like conversation that needs to happen to fully be embraced and be supported. 
Yeah. And I'm bringing them into the conversation. I mean, there's, my husband's got a whole different skill set than me. And, you know, actually this week, my website was going weird. It was doing haywire stuff. And I'm like, I know enough of the tech to be able to kind of hold my own, um, but definitely not enough to fix problems. And so he sees my frustration. He's like, what's going on? And I was like, I snapped and said, well, I could take 30 minutes and explain it to you, or I could just take that 30 minutes and fix it. (laughs) I love it. You don't know what a DNS is. You don't know what SSL is. And I don't either, but you know, anyway, so, but it was just him. Like, he's like, yes, but I care. Like, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Like, you know, that brings me to another, just real briefly is that men want to fix problems. You know, I will want to vent sometimes. I will just want to cry sometimes if my business is like feeling like shit that week, excuse my language. And my husband just wants to pick up the pieces and fix me because he doesn't want me hurting. But sometimes you need to go through those growing pains and those challenges, especially for an entrepreneur to grow and get stronger. My husband is a customer service guru. He's been in the uh, car business for 25 years. So it's sales and customer services is a big thing. He also manages um, huge amounts of people and he's constantly micromanaging things. And sometimes he comes home and he micromanages a little bit too much on us, but I like to handle my own stuff. But there are times that I need his wise wisdom and his very reality um, sense, like this is the reality, this is what's really happening and kind of a new lens for the situation. And I think we can all utilize more support, you know, whether it's more of like a practical support or that emotional support. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I would say to those listening, whether your spouse is supportive or not, definitely bring them into the conversation. Even if you felt like I did this week where it's like, what's the point in trying to explain funnels to you or whatever it is, but bring them into the conversation. They just want to help solve problems and then, you know, show them the money, make a plan, go after it and just kind of lay it out for them. Say, this is what I'm working towards. This is what I need to do and see if they don't support you. Talk about goals with each other. You know, that's one of the things my husband and I try to do is, you know, I'm in a new position right now. And before I took it on, and it's been a very crazy transition and a hard transition emotionally, physically, mentally, it's just been really difficult. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations around it. And I've had a lot of times where I was just melting down and times when he's like, okay, that's it. Like, we're done. You're not doing this anymore. But then we, I expressed to him like the passion and the goals, and this is the goal. This is the five-year plan or the two-year plan, and it kind of makes them feel a part of the decision making. So if you can make your, you can make the situation and and kind of set the stage where it's about both of you and as a family decision, it's not just about you, because sometimes we can be selfish and think it's just about us, and that can feel isolating to them. So like you said, Katie, just communicate and make them a part of those decisions. I love it. Well, let's actually go into that transition. Well, Tell us a little about what's going on with you. Um, so like I said, I have had my own wedding business for the past 15 years. Um, and about a year and a half ago, I started to evolve a bit. You know, I got a lot out of the wedding business. I'm grateful that I have had the experience I've had. I've made great partnerships with vendors and clients and all sorts of amazing things. Like I said, I've been published. I've traveled a little bit because of it. A lot of great, great things have come out of it, but I was feeling really burnt out. Um, It's a very saturated market here where I am and I think other places as well. And I was feeling like it's just not my purpose anymore. I feel like there's a higher something for me to be doing. 
and I was called to speak at a local college and it kind of just threw a light on for me like, wow, I've had all this experience and I've had all this time to figure stuff out and I've walked the walk and talked the talk and failed and picked myself back up. And I went from a struggling wedding planning business, like making no money to, you know, a six figure wedding planning business. So I felt I had a lot to give and I never looked at myself as an educator um, or inspirational at all. But when I was turned on to educating, it really just fueled me and lit a fire onto me. So I had set out to start advocating for the industry to kind of help pave the way for the new ones to come in, for the new industry um, future to come in and kind of do things. And through that process, I started working with not only wedding industry people, but I started working with more creative female entrepreneurs because Creative businesses like we do, there is no one way of doing them. There's not one answer. There's many different play, many different plays that you need to kind of do to figure out what your path is. And I found myself leading a lot of them, which was amazing. So I ran workshops. Uh, I launched an educational brand called Elite Workshop and I started educating and I started bringing in other people to educate. I don't have all the answers. I don't know every industry. I'm not going to pretend as if I do. So I want to bring in professionals that can be open and really help you figure out your next, your next part. What are you going to do to build your business or to sustain your business? I think we all get stuck at times and we need that mentorship. Um, and that was basically what I was on the trail to do was just ev- educate and advocate for as many people as I could, whether it was not so much through coaching, but more so through um, in-person events, because there's something to say about in-person when you're behind the ca- behind the camera or on a zoom call or at a computer all the time, you kind of lose that like social aspect of your business. And I built my business on networking. I mean, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so I felt like I need to get back to the basics. I need to help these people figure out how they can network confidently and talk about their business and talk about them authentically so people can start relating with them and then buy their services or products because that's the next step. And I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. So with that being said, it all kind of rolled into like this big ball of, you know, leading and helping and advocating, like I said. And I had dreamed of leading on a really big capacity, like a large scale, lots of people becoming their leader, helping them, you know, and well, you can't do that alone, right? You just can't. There's no way you can lead everybody. But I really wanted to build a stage for myself. And I set out to do that the past couple of years. I love that you started to talk about how you just facilitate these connections, because that's actually a question I had for you, is how how can we do that? Especially the moms that are super online business, they're doing the Zoom calls, they're doing the Facebook group networking, because we're cooped up in our house most of the days with littles, right? We crave connection. We crave yes. it. So any tips for us on how to like create that both locally connections and then also online? It's so funny because I'm so old school. Like it's just not even funny, right? So like I'm one to be like, I'm not texting you. Like I'm going to pick up the phone and call you because I want to make that connection. 
90% of the connections that I've made in my businesses have been either over the phone or in person. It might start with an email. It might start with a reach out text, but there's always a follow-up. And I'd say that's number one is follow-up. But being a mom, like if you're in business and you're trying to network and connect with people, you've got to put that as a priority. You, you ha- I mean, sometimes it's inopportune times and we're lucky nowadays that we can jump on a Zoom call or we can talk to anybody around the world at our disposal because that's just the times we're living in. We have Messenger, we have Facebook, we have all these portals and access to people, right? But what happens is you kind of get lost in the shuffle. I feel to be impactful and to make an impression on someone is to follow up with them, to tell them, I loved our conversation. You know, can we do it again? Or, you know, can I interest you in a cup of coffee if it's a local thing? You know, we can just get together and kind of dive deeper into this. You know, moms have moms groups. That's a great place to connect. I mean, you might be at a park, but you know how many women or clients I've gotten just at the park? I mean, whether they're getting engaged and it was during a wedding or I had a wedding business and they connected me to someone that was getting married. Like you never know who you're going to meet in life. So never take for granted the power of a human connection and networking with people. And it doesn't have to be always business or salesy. It can be very authentic, you know, and Mm -hmm. I do understand like being cooped up. I work from home, you know, so it's like, And my schedule is very limited when it comes to being able to go out and network. I have to make that time or I have to make sure that I schedule in a month of just times to connect. So if I can't go out and do it in person, then I'm going to do it over the phone. I'm going to make sure they hear my voice. They hear my passion. They know what drives me. I know what drives them. I can read, you know, them through the phone rather than over email or text. It's really hard to understand each other. The the communication can get very, you know, um, distorted. Yeah. Distorted. Exactly. So I just think like connections are so important in your life and not only for business, but just being a mom, like Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with toddlers all day or infants, like I remember when my kids were super small and my husband would come home, I would not stop talking to him. He'd be like, Andrea, I just (laughs) got home. But I'm like, I haven't talked to anybody all day. I really need to just talk to an adult, you know? And so funny story on that note, sorry to interrupt you. There's a running joke in my family that women have word quotas. Like every day we have to hit our word quota and like mine's up there. It's like 40,000 words probably, but it's just so funny. Like my husband will come home and be like, Oh, you haven't hit your word word quota today. Have you? (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to start using that. Awesome. But yeah, I would bombard my husband with questions, with, with telling him about the day with, you know, and he's like, I just need to decompress and you have like a thousand things to say, (laughs) but we really do crave that connection. And that's one of the reasons why I started and facilitated those types of workshops, because I don't know if you've been to workshops, I'm sure you have, but there's something in the air. There's a power that happens that's beyond us, that just when women or people come together in a room, and whether it's business or pleasure, there's just an energy that you don't get over the computer. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I work with a lot of network marketers. And that's like one thing I tell them, I'm like, if you're not getting to your events, like, how do you expect yourself or your team to catch the vision? What's going on? Exactly. Network marketers, especially because I see that a lot too. You know, they're expecting like some businesses can build six, seven figures just online and that's awesome. But 
that type of a business, it's really all about the experience. It's about the connection. Like if you can say to someone, you know, sitting across them, like if you sell a skincare product and you're showing them, demoing them or showing them your face and how beautiful it is and your skin's so clear, they're going to resonate that better than you just putting a post out on Facebook about skincare. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. So you're doing all this stuff. How are you doing it? Do you have a team? Are you delegating? Tell me about that. No, I don't. It's really funny because People say to me all the time, Andrea, how do you do it? Like, how do you have four kids, do all this stuff, have your businesses? I see you online. It's not like you're dead under the rock. Like, we see you, you're out there, you're doing things. I also do have a chronic illness that I battle with on a daily basis. Um, and, and, and it's weird because I never have had like a good answer for it. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. And I do think there's an innate thing inside of me that just kind of does it. But I feel like I don't have a large team. No, but running my own businesses prior, it was myself. I always had like an intern or someone that kind of fluctuated hours. Um, but I really couldn't afford to like hire someone full-time and I didn't need it. Um, I did a lot of things myself. I kind of had control. I liked controlling the business myself, which might have been a downfall because I do believe in delegation and how important it is. You just, you can't be all things to everyone and be successful with it. You have to learn to like delegate and let go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think my best answer is I just do it because it means something to me and I'm passionate about it. And I know that if I do need support and help, I'm at the place now in my business where I can get it. Um, And I know how to advocate. So I know how to sit down and say like, this is the stuff that I need to do because I need to be present doing it. it has to have my voice. My implementation needs to be part of this project, but this stuff, I can release this and I can let the admin or I can let someone else take care of it. And it's not like I'm losing a part of me or I'm not doing what I'm passionate about anymore. It's just Mm -hmm. prioritizing what means the most to me in the business and then what I can delegate. I love it. I like that you said prioritizing what means the most to you because you you may not have to have your timestamp on whatever that is, but if it's filling you up, do it. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the beauty. That's the magic is what makes you feel good about what you're doing. There's all parts of our careers that are kind of crappy that we don't want. And like, I don't like tech. I don't like writing copy. I don't enjoy those things. They don't fill me up. They actually drain me a little bit. But when I'm calling people and I'm making connections and I'm running and hosting things, I'm alive and I'm energized and I'm super enthusiastic because those are the things that fill me up. So why would I delegate that? onto someone else if that's the part of the business that really makes me shine. Mm -hmm. I love that. Very cool. So tell us um, a little bit more about what's coming up next. Um, So yeah, we've got a ton else going on. I am going to be opening up a new program for moms. I'm hoping in the next, like probably in March, and it will just really be about connecting moms so they can find that support. It's an open conversation. Um, I will be building in some programs, some handouts. Like I was telling you, there's conversation, things that you can say to your partners to help them understand where you're at. We do a lot of gridding for budgetary in their household, like how much do they have to contribute? Um, how can we delegate some responsibilities? Um, how can you get your kids involved? Like one of the major things I used to do with my kids, and I still do actually, is I get my kids involved in my work. You know, if I have filing to do or if I have swag bags to fill, I line them up on the living room floor and I have the kids put in the granola bar or put in the water bottle or put in whatever it is that I'm giving because 
it shows them that we're family and we're doing this together and mom's killing it, but we're helping her. We're helping her, you know, climb up that ladder. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. So let's go on into kind of the last few questions that I typically ask most of our guests. So go ahead and share with me one mom and business owner hack that helps you manage life and business. I wake up super early, Katie, I wake up <laughs> for the sun rises. Um, some, some mornings, some mornings, my husband has to drag me out of bed. That's because I was up really late. Um, so are you I, a night owl or a morning person? Which you know do you what? naturally I'm prefer? I'm a morning person for sure. I struggle at two o'clock and beyond. It's a struggle. It's like, I want to fall asleep. I'm exhausted. My energy is a lot lower. I definitely struggle. Um, but I'm a morning person for sure. And I was born at five in the morning. So they say if you're born like in the morning, then you're a morning person. If you were born at night, then you're a night person. I read that somewhere. So, but I also have trained myself that it's important for me to get a jump on my day. And I have a couple of reasons, brief reasons for that. Number one, I feel like if I can start the day off knowing that I've already done a handful of things, and I don't mean housework, if that's what you need to do, that's fine, but it's more work, it's more business balance for me. It's getting up, answering those emails, writing those few things that I need to do, putting together a blog post, whatever in your business that, that is calling you um, that I have to do. I like to get up and get a jump on it. That way I know that if throughout the day I get sidetracked, which most days I do, at least the bigger things that I had to tackle are done and I don't have to feel guilty about here is another day and I didn't accomplish what I needed to. So I write a little list at night. I keep like a sticky notes. I have sticky notes all over my desk and, and I write down the three top things that I need to do in the morning, that morning. And I try to nail them down. And then once they're done, even if I get nothing else done all day, I'm like, yay, I actually got the three things done that I needed to. Um, so I'd say like, that's my biggest hack is really getting up and getting a jump on my day. Because once the kids are up, they monopolize the morning, they monopolize the time. Um, then they come home from school and it's all about like, you know, shuffling them to here, bringing them to sports, doing homework, getting dinner on the table. And it's kind of a loss. And, and for years I fought the good fight and I would get so upset. Like at the end of the day, like I felt, you know, that I didn't accomplish much, that I was just like, how did I just let myself get so swept up and I didn't even do what I needed to do. And then I just finally put my hands in the air and said, you know what? It's okay. Because I did what I needed to do in the morning. And even if I didn't, I'm still a mom and I'm doing what I have to do for my kids. So you're doing something, you know, you're mm -hmm. doing the best you can. That's a great perspective to have on it. I love that. So I'm training myself right now to be more uh, morning person. I'm definitely in the night owl, although I was born in the morning. So it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I am not a 2 a.m. person, but I do like to stay up like 11, 12. Yeah, I'll do that too. Thing. But yeah, trying to get that morning thing under control because I'm just such a happier mom too when I have to go wake up my kids. <laughs> yeah, me too. When you know that you've done some things, you're happier. Yeah. You know, you're happier, but also like... I definitely have more um, energy in the morning. So like I used to go to the gym in the morning. I don't anymore. Otherwise I just did just take a boxing class, but <laughs> I used to in my twenties, like get up really early, go to the gym, start the day off like that. Obviously after you have children, that's like out the window because let's be honest, there are some nights that my daughter doesn't go to bed till midnight. And then she wakes up like at four in the morning, like my belly hurts. I need a snack. The TV turned off. And then I'm exhausted by five o'clock and I can't wake up because I just fell asleep at four. So it's not every day. This is like perfection. I mean, it's, 
it's taken a lot of like time to get there. And there's still some days that I'm, you know, sleeping at seven o'clock when my husband's like, get up, get up. I got to go to work. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's real life for you. It's real well, life for sure. So if you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or start with? Not to be so hard on myself. Yeah. You know, if I could do the whole business part over again, I would definitely tell myself that Rome was not built in a day and business is something that's achieved over time. A success is achieved over time. It's not an overnight thing. And that you don't have to give up everything in order to achieve the success that you want. If you've chosen to be a mom, like most of us have, then that is your choice and that's okay to have that choice. You made that choice and it's okay to be living it and actually be a good mom. And if you're trying to run a business simultaneous, like, simultaneously like most of us do, then don't be so hard on yourself. Like you have to understand that being a mom is tough. In itself, that's a really tough job. Um, when you're throwing other things into the mix, like a business or aspirations of a, a career or trying to scale a business, you're adding a lot to your plate. So you've got to give yourself a break and you've got to say, I accept what I can't control because so much of motherhood is out of our control. So what is your favorite app or software system that you'd recommend? Oh, God. <laughs> but you said you're not techie, so not techie, <laughs> do you <yeah>. have one? <laughs> um, I like Instagram. <laughs> Does that count? Um, favorite app? Huh? Look at my phone. Or, okay, you seem like a system person. I mean, do you have like this system that you use in your household or business that kind of keeps you on track? Google Calendar. <laughs> okay. Yes. And that can, you know, we can add our husbands to that. Yeah, really you helps. Can, you can link your husband. <laughs> it um navigation extremely yes um you know that's probably my major one is the navigation even in navigating in life we all need some sort of roadmap to you know where we're trying to go um yeah i mean i would say that i bowled really well in chaos (laughs) (laughs) my desk is quite a mess right now and you would think like and my notebook looks like a five-year-old wrote in it but really it works for me mm-hmm. um oh notes I love the note app in the middle of I mean sometimes I'll be in my bed and like an idea a thought will come to me and I have my phone and I'll get on notes and I'll jot down something um so yeah I mean I'm not really a huge like app person or systems person but um in my wedding days I definitely had more systems that I would use contractual systems proposal systems just to make things streamlined and easier like HoneyBook is a great tool for wedding planners and wedding industry people um and also nowadays brides and grooms they can get on there and put their honey fun together and all sorts and it helps the planner keep track of what they're doing um so yeah I mean that's kind of all the That's systems cool. that I use. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit about where we can find you on social media and where we can connect. Okay. So right now my website is being redone. So we're in a rebrand right now because we're going to be doing a personal rebrand, re- rebrand. So my wedding business, like I said, I'm a former wedding planner at this point and my website is down from that. And now we're just rebirthing a whole new AndreaDelucia.com, which should be coming out. I'm thinking probably in March sometime. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my 
personal page, or you can find me on Elite Workshop, which is our business page. Um, you can see our weddings and all the stuff we did in the industry through Elegance and Grace Weddings on Facebook. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Andy underscore Delusia. It's my favorite and, place. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm, listen, like I said, I'm old school. I've lived on the, under the rock. I mean, I'm near, I just turned 40, but I swear to God, my son still like helps me Instagram and my daughter still helps me Snapchat. So I'm learning, like I'm learning and getting better with it, but um, you can definitely find us there for sure. That's so awesome. Well, it's been so great to talk with you Thank and you. I know that our audience will get a ton of value out of everything you shared. That's awesome, Katie. Thanks so much. And congratulations on your podcast. This is amazing. Thanks, girl. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For a full recap and show notes of the episode with some helpful tips and tricks and links to what was mentioned, head on over to 1kmom.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would be so honored if you would leave us a review on iTunes, screenshot today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag us in your stories at Katie Columbia, and let us know what you love. Thank you so much for being a part of the 1K Mom Tribe.